0: August to the Crazy House Prices podcast with me, Kieran Mulqueen. This is episode six and today I am chatting to Darrell O'Brien, the Minister for Housing, about how he feels personally, about how things are going with his schemes, his thoughts on the homeless figures, built rent, investment funds and all of the rest. And I think, uh, well at least I hope, you know if you're listening to this or if you're following my page or you follow my Twitter or my Instagram or whatever, you'll understand that I have no allegiances to any political political. political parties. If there was an election tomorrow, I have no idea who I would vote for. But like most people, I just want housing to get a little bit better and a bit more affordable for people. So without any further delay, here is Dara O'Brien. Now, I have with me on the podcast today, Minister for Housing, Dara O'Brien. Thank you so much, Dara, for joining me and agreeing to be grilled by me on this podcast. I'm only joking. My pleasure.
1: My pleasure here. i no bother. no bother. You're very
0: good. And I, I do always say, you know, you're, you're always very good with your time and very generous with your time for me. So I do really appreciate it. And I know time is tight. So I just want to run through a few things that I am kind of seeing on the page and a few questions that, my, my patrons have sent in but just i suppose the the main kind of gist of it is we've we've a good few government schemes now so i want to give you a chance to maybe give us an update on those maybe if you could give us some figures as well as to sure. if, if people have have um have gone for them i i'm always like i'm always banging on about the schemes and they do te- a lot of them tend to be more demand side but i think with the likes of the vacant home levy, that's, or the vacant home tax that's coming in, that's a little bit more supply. So I know I, I will have a chat about that later on, but okay. um, maybe if you could give us a quick update on on yeah. what's available.
1: Look, we've a few schemes out there. Look, fundamentally, why are the schemes there? Because I want to help uh, people who want to buy their own home, own their own home. And um, I push very hard for the first home scheme, which people would, might know as the equity scheme, okay, shared equity. And what that is, is basically helping people bridge the gap between the finance they have, so their mortgage of and savings of two hundred and fifty thousand, they're buying a house three hundred twenty thousand. A lot of these people are renters and they can't bridge that gap. So I opened the first home scheme in July. I'd actually argue it is a supply side measure. Um, it, it's it's supplied to meet the demand because we're actually seeing already a movement in that space of of more uh, development going towards first time buyers and new builds. So. We've had a really good start to this. Uh, We've had actually over 500 approvals already on individual houses for for home buyers through the scheme. The average equity stake is about 78,000 and uh, we've had about 1500 registrations to the scheme. Uh, And what this really means is like you've lots of people who are on your page, lots of people that I meet who are paying two grand a month in rent. If they could get the mortgage they needed, they'd be paying a mortgage of a thousand and they're actually now able to buy those homes. And this applies also to the first start principle. That's for people who may have been divorced, don't own a home or gone through personal insolvency, don't own a home. So it's been a really good start to that and that's gonna ramp up and I'm actually seeing the interest in it. So firsthomescheme.ie, it's a good page, you can apply through it and it's a practical measure. And that's a partnership between ourselves and the Main Street banks, with 400 million euro in equity initially, uh, and about 40 million of that already has actually been uh, approved uh, under the 500 approvals. And there's no interest on that. Like this is not a second mortgage. It's an equity stake. If you wanna buy it out, you can buy it out. If you don't, you wait till you sell or it passes on. And when it's bought out, it goes back into the affordable housing fund. So that's the first one that's really out there. And there's a lot of talk around it. Obviously the budget's just over and, and you know the Department of Finance ourselves and government agreed to extend the help to buy grant that's the 30,000 in tax back that people get on earnings. And I know, look, there's been talk around it as to, as to it, to, uh, you know, is it appropriate And that? What I see, to be honest with you, and why I push for it to be kept and it's retained for the next two years, is it's helping nearly 35,000 homeowners get their deposit together. And um, Mazars did a report on it. Your guys on your page may have seen that as well. And whilst there are things within it that they want reviewed and the Department of Finance is going to, they did. The recommendation was that the scheme be retained for the next two years to provide certainty so that's in place then we have the basically two others very quickly cost rental which didn't exist 12 months ago and what cost rental is is state-backed affordable rents with long-term secure tenures um, of minimum of 40 years and basically they're supported by us is that we provide a, a, an equity loan to that and low-cost finance so the rent's only based on the cost of developing and managing Uh, the apartments or the homes and actually we've approved 900 tenancies there met lots of new tenants who've gone in there for people above the social housing limits and that's taken off and we've made some changes to get more schemes in and that's actually working now now i want to scale up um, and we'll i'll talk to you about that maybe during the course of this about how we're going to do that Mm. so we'll have hundreds more next year and by the end of this year and the final piece i might deal with creek home at the vacancy piece as well final piece is the affordable purchase through the local authorities so this is what used to be done years ago and this is a another strand and we do that through the affordable housing fund and housing for all and i've approved actually 29 schemes across the country and the first one's being sold actually this month uh, starting at around 160,000 euro uh, and there's about 1800 actually sorry about 1900 homes approved under that so all of these things are moving uh, it takes time for people to feel that and that's obviously i can see the momentum building but we need to make sure that people are seeing that so the more people are getting their homes through uh, these measures, the better because they're real tangible supports in my view. I can deal with the vacancy grant now if you'd like because that's something we've discussed before. Um, yeah. And I suppose, look, I launched that in July. And that's for vacant homes—a grant of thirty thousand for derelict homes—a grant of fifty thousand to help to afraid the cost of doing that home up. And that's for homeowners, not just first-time buyers. So it's for someone. It might be right-sizing moving back into the village. That applies to cities as well now. Mm. From November, it'll be for above shop or homes within our cities, villages, towns, and rural one-off houses. And we've had a, a serious uh, interest in that. In the month of August, without even really pushing it, uh, we just shorted of 200 applications across the country. And uh, coupled with that, I suppose, one thing I've discussed with you before as well is like they're a lot of the carrot piece, but then the vacant property tax is coming in as well. I think that's a really important measure, uh, one that's been talked about for a long time. It'll yeah. be three times the OPT on a property and that comes into the finance bill uh, next month. So that's just a quick run through of, of some of the schemes that are actually out there at the moment.
0: Now, I suppose people listening to this, if they're, they're following me, they know I'm not a big fan of the help to buy scheme. I think we, we like I, I have a dozens of examples of, you know, as soon as it's announced, it goes up, the, the prices go up. But anyway, we could probably do a podcast on each one of those. I think people will. I think the cost rental thing is very largely being very positive. I think the only complaints people have about that is they'd love more of it, which is yeah, which is a good complaint too. Um, the help to buy the shared equity and all that. I. I've spoken to you about this before, and it's something I do talk about. Like these are nothing is going to be a perfect solution, but these are like parts of an overall solution. And obviously, we'd like to see to see more of it. We'd like to see prices come down, and people will say with the shared equity or with the with the help to buy, the the thresholds are are too low. You can't find a house for under. Whatever it yeah. is, a new build, but that's—I mean—they should be under that. Do you know what I mean? If if we if we raise but it up higher, it just gives them a target to put the, the prices up even more. I, I agree. Just on just on that point, if we could say
1: actually what we found already, because they're regional price caps. I've even seen a couple of schemes where the prices have come down to meet, uh, if to, to meet actually the ceilings. Okay, uh, and we are getting people even in my in my own area, of Fingal. There's a good spread. I can see which counties they're coming in. They're coming in from. And actually, in comparable schemes, one, our scheme is better, actually, I might add. There's a the Homes England scheme that was there. That actually led to an increase in supply in first-time buyer homes. And we're starting to see that. Like, in the last 12 months, about 16,000 first-time buyers bought their homes. Um, mm. That's a good good number of people. Um, and that's the highest amount since '08. But I agree with your point, though. Like, you'd love a situation whereby, you know, there was affordability permeated the market. And there wasn't a need for a lot of the schemes. Um, but I actually, I believe in, in trying to help people. And like we're seeing home ownership rates over the last 10, 15 years drop substantially. Yeah, I think these measures, particularly around the first home scheme, um, because it's, we haven't set arbitrary salary thresholds, it's basically you proving that there's a gap between what you have and what you need. And it's still mm-hmm. affordable. Uh, and it's fully financially underwritten. And that's actually taken off really well. I'm actually very, very uh, excited about that one. and I'm very positive about it. I think this could be, we have the scope to expand it in the sense of putting more in money. money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is an investment by the state because it is an equity, you know. And whilst we're doing all this, because the other piece that's really important, and this, I know a lot of people on your page are want to be buying their own homes, but it's about the overall supply. Mm. And we need more social homes. So this year we'll build... More social new social homes than ever before, and that helps the private rental market. it helps the purchase market, and we got to get i think this year we're talking about twenty five thousand homes, and we'd exceed that, which is good in a tough year, and we need to build on that and exceed it further next year too.
0: and I just think on the on the vacant property thing, like I know I know this like we as you said, we've spoken about this before, and three times the local properties tax is still a, a very low percentage. But the way I'm looking at it, and I and I said this the other day on my page is Pascal Dunhu has been so against having a vacant home tax for so long that at wow. least he has turned a little bit, you know, and hopefully it builds on from there. But I think you'd probably agree it's too low at three times the local property taxes to, to encourage them to put that house for sale because it's I mean it might cost them a few hundred quid a year. Well I think it costs a few hundred more. Okay. Like yeah. if
1: you look at the average property tax, let's say in our in our urban areas in particular, you know, it can be substantial enough, three times that. Um, you know, one of the big reasons we were looking at that, and this is something we discussed before, is let's say some of the bigger developments that maybe apartments that are developed and we had lots of reports of many of those apartments being empty because a fund owned them and they wanted to keep the unit price up, they wanted to keep the rent up. Now, actually, from work that we've done, that is a much uh, smaller issue now. That's actually seen occupancy rates go way up. Um, But I I think, look, getting the fundamental uh, principle enshrined that there is a vacant property tax. there will be fair exemptions if someone's like long-term ill and, you know, obviously a home going through probate, which can take. That's another issue we could do a podcast about, too, how long that process takes. Uh, It's actually the principle of it. And the good thing that it's in is that it can be varied and it can yeah. be
0: varied up. Uh, 10%. <laughs> get it up, get it up past <laughs> inflation.
1: Yeah, t- temper- 10% is the figure that's in a lot of people's heads at the moment for another uh, another reason, too. But uh look, it, it it's a good principle, it needs to be there, and it needs, it sets down a marker that look, it's not okay to leave properties empty. Um, and as I said, that can be varied upwards, I've fought for mm. that for some time for that to come in it actually is an objective and yeah. it for all too. Uh, but I, 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 the vacant grants, by the way, and we debated these in the doll this, this week, I actually think I've kept them, I haven't linked them to the value of the property. So if someone buys a house in Longford, in the main street in Longford town and it's 120,000 euro, they get 30 grand if it's vacant, they get 50 if it's derelict and they use that money to bring the home back into use. And that's a really good use of excheck Fund a good help using existing stock. And we're doing that whilst we're continuing to use other schemes to get those vacant properties, other vacant properties into use for our local authorities too. Yeah. Um, and we, we'll monitor them, like the schemes are
0: just launched and we, we'll tweak them as we go along if we need to, you know. OK, and just to to take the, the minister hat off uh, for a second and put the Dara as a father, Dara as a citizen, the, the homeless figures are are frightening. As a teacher, I see seeing 3,220 children as homeless is is devastating. I, I, I've been an infant teacher half of my career. My empathy levels are, are through the roof. And so I, I get stories in like this all the time. And like, how does it make you feel when you when you hear those numbers?
1: Yeah, well, look, it's it's the single big. this is speaking as as myself, as a citizen, as a dad. I'm a 14 year old. She's upstairs doing her homework at the moment. And uh, like it's not at all where it wants us to be. It's, it, it is I am confident, though, we can get a handle on it. And the only way we're going to do that is by increasing supply and providing the support for families that we need. But it's like it's the first thing I think about all, you know, every morning when I wake up and it's about how we can continue. And, and you see it's a moving target. And I'm like I, I met loads of people I've been out and about around the cities as well I meet our, our homeless services report directly to me and I chair that group to see what can be done and what they need for us to be done so we've talked about you know the social housing piece that's really important getting our local authorities to use their existing stock better and turn them around quicker but then there's the the, the pieces around like what supports we provide so you know the Something that that came up earlier on in the year, which I've done now, which is actually starting to work really well, is where a landlord is quitting, and a tenant who's a half tenant or a RAS tenant gets a notice to quit. I've instructed, I've told our local authorities you're to buy that home, mm-hmm. bring it into public housing stock. There was concerns in the past about a moral hazard, people would be jumping up the list, but like we're in emergency times here. Yeah, like fundamentally as well, like I feel this very much. Mo- I do myself personally, right and. But we've had 12 years of very serious undersupply. Like this has been something that's been building. Even before I took over, the figures were over 10,000. We had COVID. We were able to bring in emergency protections. Uh, We're looking at further protections that we could potentially bring in there. But even with eviction bans and that, and that can have a knock-on effect then by driving more private properties out out of the market and making the situation worse. But I think where it's targeted, it can work. And, you know, but you can't keep them going forever either. Because so what you've got to try to do is exit people from homelessness into housing. And whilst the figures, Kieran, are, are like they're shocking, right? And they are, I don't shock me because like I've expected to see some of this increase, is that we're moving people out all the time too. And that's the piece of work we need to do. So it's no consolation to anyone. It's not the same ten and a half thousand, ten thousand, eight hundred people within that system and people are moving out and we're actually being able to, like I brought back about six and a half thousand vacant council homes in the last two years. Uh, We have another two and a half thousand this year and there's very little uh, left on the vacant side in social housing stock. But fundamentally, like if I build between eight and 9,000 new build social homes this year and build on that again next year, and that doesn't include what we're acquiring um, and bringing bringing homes in through other modes as well, uh, that will help. And it's starting, like I'm meeting people around the country who are getting their keys for their home for life all across the, the, the republic. But it's the single biggest issue uh, for me, to be very frank. Yeah. All of the other things we got to help. There's lots of issues within my department. There's lots of challenges. Uh, the homeless piece, I've met kids in homeless hubs with their folks. You know, I've visited emergency accommodation, and I do. And I chair the task force myself has look your pe- people who are on and say, well, of course you should, of course I should, absolutely, but I'm very close to it, right, it's the one thing that I really want to see us turn the corner on, I'm confident we can actually, it looks bleak at the moment, but I'm confident that we can.
0: And like, I guess, I get, I get so many stories sent in, some, some are, you know, more frustration, some are anger, um, some, but some are, are, absolutely devastating like i i don't even want to read out one that i an email that i got in because i'd need to put a disclaimer on on the podcast it was that dark and it's just when like i'm getting them all day i imagine you're getting them all day as well um and it's just it's reading them is is really tough and i guess I know pe- when pe- people see like your, your policy, they do, politician, they often do forget your father as well. Um, so I guess maybe just trying to get into that, like the, the personal side of it, and 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 how it impacts how it impacts you and and your day to day and in work. And as you said, it's the first thing you think about. But as you said, there's there, you're moving people out of homelessness, but there's more going into it. Then do you know there, the figures there, are going up.
1: Yeah, there there is, and what, there's a combination of a couple of things. Like we've seen a lot of people out of. The private rental market mm. notices to quit, and I'm trying. I am addressing that as best we can, but we got to get supply up. And we have had a big discussion about rental, and you know, rental properties. We need properties in all in all tenures to be able to provide safe and secure homes. The cost rental, just to put the casket down. Um,
0: Sorry. I, had to, I had to lock mine out. Who <laughs> else <laughs> just, you know, just let him in? Go <laughs> ahead. It's 5 o'clock. Yeah, sorry, but
1: sorry. No, you're just, look, this, this is a really, a, a, a really serious one is that the, we will get a handle on it. And we have a handle on it in the sense that, you know, I know what the pipeline is in relation to new housing delivery. We've got to look at the emergency measures that we can take and make sure the supports are there for people. We have seen in very bleak figures, thankfully, one figure that continues to decline is the the rough sleepers and we made a real you know for the people at the really sharpest edge a lot of people who've been long-term rough sleeping made out of addiction mental health issues and that we have the scheme the housing first scheme uh, which gives not just the keys to an apartment but the wraparound health supports and yeah we've actually provided about 90 percent uh, retention rate and tenancies there that well and we've expanded that nationwide so you know this isn't an excuse by any shape or form but you don't turn around ten years of undersupply in two years, uh, and that's starting to take hold now because I can see more options there for people. The other thing that we and we've got to look after everyone who comes in and seeks seeks assistance in emergency accommodation. One thing that that is difficult to quantify as well as new new arrivals too, and people yeah. do come in. And that's um, it's our job to look after them too, but that's difficult to predict. But as we get the the stock up, which is happening this year, and lots of people are you know, tune into your podcast. A lot of people won't be feeling that yet, mm. but I'm seeing it on the ground and it's my single focus because look, I've, I've, I've a family, as you said, I've a, a large, of four sisters, I've a brother, and they've all kids. My folks, thanks, thanks be to God, are still alive. They grew up in, and uh, my dad was at Ivy Gardens in Crumlin and my mom's from Drimna and like, I believe in public housing and social housing, always have. And I'm glad to be in a position to do it and to actually change the, the dial on housing, uh, because it's something I've always believed in that the state should be the main player in it, uh, you know, to provide that yeah. safe and secure home. So that that is happening. But I, look, trust me on this. It's, it is genuine. It's the first thing that that I think about every morning when we're up, like dealing with issues every single day of the, day of the week. And we will make progress on it. And we will, we will get to grips with it. Uh, it looks bleak right now. And it is. I'm not disputing that for one minute. But I have a responsibility as Minister uh, to, to tackle this and to provide the longer term solutions that are there. And, that, and
0: that's what we're about through Housing For All. And it is starting to take hold and on the supply side then like it's it is something i've always wondered is like you, you spoke there about your dad was in in ivy in in Crumlin, which was yeah. fantastic fanta- like i mean those houses are some of the still, still some of the best built yeah. and the house i'm in as well now that we bought was
1: thanks
0: yeah one of the first um it wasn't social housing it was you know you, i think it was tenant purchase or whatever but um just on that, like, what? Why can't we go back to that? I know we need instant supply, which is buying from the private market. I understand that, but why can't we? Let's say interest rates have been at zero percent for so long. Now they've gone up. We've kind of missed the boat on that. But why couldn't we have bought, borrowed, without those zero percent, say, hundred-year bonds, whatever, and then and use that state land and the state become the developer? I'm not saying yeah. you you go out and get a shovel, but like a developer doesn't oh, put a shovel in the ground anyway. No, they hire the builders. So-
1: Well, no, like, look, fair point. Okay, maybe to answer it, because there's a couple of answers of of parts within this answer. Firstly, is housing for all. It's the first housing plan that's fully funded. So I have the capital every year and that's actually state investment. So for this year, just over four billion for 2023, four and a half billion. And that is actually to build houses.
0: Yeah, but a lot of the arguments people will have, though, is a a good chunk of that four billion is going to the private market or buying off. The, no. and buying off the private market so like you you said no. i sorry just to
1: correct that and, and yeah. that has been the case with long-term leasing which i've phased out and we're stopping okay mm. and i'd be very clear on that people look at local authorities are building our approved housing bodies are really important so our two our clues are yeah, response yeah. right they're actually building because we're giving them the finance and their council homes right public housing on private land like just two minutes down the road from me, there's a brilliant development that won, won an award in, in, in Balgriffin, Cars Lane. That was an old office block. The council were able to source the land. The, house, the housing agency through myself and ourselves with grants were able to provide the finance to respond. We've 72 brilliant apartments there. Uh, they've actually responded, as an example, they have 1400 homes under construction at the moment. So we need that. We need our council building stuff. And then to talk about the state developing, because you're right. And that's why I took a grip of the Land Development Agency. And um, the Land Development Agency has capitalized itself to the tune of about three and a half billion. Um, and actually on Monday next, we're turning this, the sod on Shangana Castle, which has been out there for years. Yes. That's actually gonna be the largest social and affordable housing development in the state ever, 593 homes. I was down in St. Kevin's in Cork. Your, your, your guys were down in Cork know St. Kevin's very well, overlooking the River Lee. Fine, big old red brick building that's been derelict forever. We've started work and we're going to be providing social, cost rental and affordable there. And actually, thankfully this year, because what I've been really anxious to do is get the LDA to get them homes. And in Mallow, uh, a couple of weeks ago, was there and the first homes provided by the LDA under affordable purchase are there. So the the LDA is about developing idle state land uh, for the common good. And it's actually starting to happen now. And I agree with you. And like they are three and a half billion they have uh, in their war chest right now. And they're going to be very well placed to deliver hundreds and thousands of homes. But I had to get the legislation in because they were there forever and they've been planned and they've done good master planning and stuff. But we need to get the shovels into the ground and that's thankfully is happening now. Um, And they were constrained as were the council somewhat the last two years. It's not an excuse. It's just a reality because of COVID. Yeah, uh, like two significant construction shutdowns that did affect it but we're catching up on it so the state is the biggest player uh, in the housing market and what we're not doing anymore uh, and what I've insisted on is about getting extra stock so I'm not going into a housing development down the road in Swords or in Balencolic and saying I'm taking all of those for that would have gone out onto the market that doesn't happen with the AHBs we've we they're Basically, ground-up turnkeys that have been planned for social and for cost rental mm. and for affordable. So, you know, I, I I get that where the criticisms were there
0: in the past, but that's changed. That's changed now. Okay. And then speaking of those, the those 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 estates, let's say that are being built, and and I can say this, you can't say it because you're you're a politician, but I could say like you're taking over from. From o. murphy the previous minister for housing, who I would argue, you know, I th- and I think you've spent the first two years of your of your, trying to kind of undo some of the the policies he's put in place, and build to rent being one of those, and the lower yeah. standards. And I th- I think what I think the figures are: there's over forty thousand uh built rent units that are. I, I hate that word as well. Units like their homes, but they're sitting with planning but aren't being built due to like labor shortages or whatever or increase in costs and i was chatting to uh i was chatting to an architect the other day who has his company that he works in have i think about 6000 units that are sitting there between three different developers one is not building because he feels there's a crash coming and the other two uh just it's it's proven not to be profitable enough for them so like what can we do there or what's your plan there well firstly the build to rent i never liked it i don't like the word unit either you're right mm-hmm. and
1: i've actually got rid of the separate standards i announced that just last week yeah which My, which is, which is great i think parties or dash and it levels the playing fields and we do need rental properties so i've always said that too we do like people different times of their lives uh want to be renting, want to be moving around, they might not want to, but problem is now people are renting for longer than they, than they want in many instances.
0: And how it's, act- and it's a, it, the highest rents ever. It's incredibly
1: expensive. Now mm. put rent in at 2%, we put the rent tax credit back in, which will help, 1,000 euro per renter next year. Uh, and that 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 is happening, and that will be in the finance bill in in the next couple of weeks, But we'll start from early next year. Anyway, get back to your question, how do we activate those dormant permissions? We're actually doing that at the moment. I mentioned the Land Development Agency. I see real opportunities in what were these build-to-rent permissions uh, to go to build-to-cost rental and build-to-affordable, okay? Uh, And we're actively pursuing a number of them. The advantage with these ones, Kieran, are a lot of these actually have the planning permissions, the land are there, the design is there. So there are financing issues with some of them because interest rates have gone up uh, and have made a, a number of them maybe not viable. But I think there's an opportunity for the state to step in. Yeah. And I've charged the LDA with the with the urban local authorities to uh, go after them, basically, and see can we develop them, and I think we can, uh, and we would we would develop them for cost rental and for affordable and for social.
0: Uh, and how so, the, how does that work? Let's say, like, so if if the state are going in to buy them, that so let's say the developer who had this and got the planning, like how does it work and like do you cpo them or do they have to agree to sell and if they are selling are is it not a case that we we gave a lot of this land to them vietnam on at a, at a budget or at a, at a discount and now are we going to be buying it back off them at crate? are they no, going to I make don't... a fortune out of us
1: I don't see that actually some of the sites that I've looked at because there are initial sort of five that we're looking at because we want to just see to work that very. They were not NAMA now. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, and I'm not. I'm not in any way being evasive, but I can't say where they are. OK, mm. because obviously we're working through the commercials, but we got to actually have a look at, at how that that arrangement would work. Uh, I see an opportunity. Actually, NAMA, by the way, do have a role. And I'm not talking about these specific ones, but in general terms, like I've looked at, at um where NAMA, one of their objectives is, is to return the highest, you know, return to the taxpayer. But on the other side, NAMA do have the social good piece. So there are some developments we're working on to deliver social and affordable and state-owned properties on land that is related in. But on these ones to talk about, um, I'm working through the financial models as to how that would work. I got mm-hmm. cabinet approval just about three weeks ago uh, on this specific thing. And the good thing about them is these are sites with planning permissions and could lead to you know, a significant stepping up further of affordable and social homes, right? So this year we're talking about 4,100 affordable um, about 9,000 new bills social and then through other deliveries, that's a big amount and 4,100 affordable from nothing, basically last year and from nothing in the last 15 years is a big deal. I've also changed other things you mentioned, look, co-living I got rid of, yeah. I, got rid of I got rid of the, which I didn't like, the, that SHD, the straight to onboard Panola, uh, planning I
0: said <laughs> it I let's, so not I, down,
1: uh, let's not go down let's not go down on not <I> <laughs> trust me but that's gone so I want planning back at local authorities yeah. so I suppose in a positive sense Kieran this one And not, I know what the reality is but if you look at this year right in the last 12 months we have the highest home completion since 2008 the highest home commencement since 2008 highest planning permissions and it's tough still out there I said 16,000 first-time buyers getting back in you know, so the momentum's there. It is not perfect. And a lot of people are not feeling it yet, but mm. they will. And we've got to, you know, I'll, the, the difference with this housing plan, and people throw their eyes up there, There's none government with a housing plan. This is backed with finance. It, it has the capital. And it's actually happening now. Um, and, and it is gaining momentum there. But I'll always look for opportunities where we can deliver more. So that's in the sense of what you've just mentioned there if their opportunities present itself and i can get approval to do it i'll do
0: it because we need to be building at least yep. thirty three thousand homes a year and i cost. guess we we need we need to treat it like we did with the COVID thing like it has yeah. to be an emergency and these like we, yeah. we we need to act on it and i say we as a as a nation um i have two more because we i know we haven't got yeah. much time so i want to yeah. just go through so let's so we've spoken about the homeless figures we've spoken about renters and bill to rent. Um, and just I, I put a funny tweet up a while. I don't know if you saw it just um, then. About uh, your tweet, your tweet from 2019 about um, calling to restrict the tax incentives for institutional mm-hmm. investors. He said one third of homes are being snapped up by cuckoo funds mm-hmm. and the state is restricting the market for first time borrowers it's even yeah. worse now. But um, and I, I put a funny tweet up because someone should do something about that, but it's uh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're ready. Right.
1: <laughs> well, I've mentioned some stuff that I said in opposition I've done in government. And here's another thing that we that we've done, because you're right. Like I don't want look, we need investment in the right places. Okay. And some will say we don't want them at all. I don't agree with that. Okay. We need about twelve billion euro a year to deliver the housing that we need. And we're putting in about four and a half billion. And it will always be private investment in any normal estate, you know, people get financed and they go do their thing. Yeah. What I did in particular, and if we look at Manute, if you remember the situation in Manute, you know, in relation to that proposed sale, which by the way, never happened. And they all... Yeah, like, that's...
0: So, that's... Individual.
1: so let's remember that too, okay? Um, but I did act on it in, in relation to changing the planning guidelines. That happened in May 2021. There were two things that were done there. And this relates to new properties. I couldn't do it retrospectively. Unfortunately, I can't. It was actually to bring in uh, a, a condition on planning For homes that they be for single purchasers only—that's never been done in Irish law before—and actually, in advance of this, of of us doing this, I was just checking on the most recent figures we had on that, and we know over sixteen thousand homes now granted permission with that condition in it, which means that they can't be bulk bought, whether you pay the ten percent stamp or not. But Uh, what about the what about apartments though? Yeah, well, what we looked at, and I discussed this with finance as well, just on the homes, I think that's, that's, that's houses and duplexes. Okay, so they're in that. The other thing is people will see in our cities at the moment, particularly in our cities, is we're not, there's no apartments being built. The only ones being built are by- For rent. Are for rent. Okay, yeah. but we still need rental properties though. So mm. I think we've got to be careful not to cut off our nose to spite our face. Now I have, and I don't keep talking about schemes, but we do have an activation scheme called Cree Corner Cities. Which is going to help to bridge the viability gap for for home purchasers in apartments in our cities because I want to see that, but no one can argue with me, unfortunately, or they can argue with me, of course they can. But I just mean that we need, you know, rental properties too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so so that's why effectively the measures that I've taken have actually in the owner occupier guarantee, which is there for local authorities too. So we're we're saying that the homes and duplexes. We managed to protect uh, for new bills right back to twenty 2020, twenty May twenty twenty one, and then the additional surcharge, the additional levy that Pascal brought through of ten percent on purchases. Now I'm aware of the case just down the road for me yeah. in Swords, uh, and I read about in in uh, in Castleview. I know the estate well. That estate's been there for quite a number of years, and my understanding is like I don't want investors in, in the in the in the home market. Okay, and. Um, and that's not really where they should be. But what I'm saying to you is, like that was a commercial sale, but uh, I from what I understand between- I have no
0: idea what happened home, with that one. I don't and, think anyone can I, explain I, it. I can't get my head around it, to no. be honest, because yeah. it doesn't make
1: any financial sense. So no. I haven't been able to get under the bonnet completely on it. But what I am saying to people, the people who are who are following you is that we've leveled the, the page there for, for home buyers, okay? We've got to be, and that's been done. And that the, the figures are born out there and we've protected those homes. Secondly, then I've got rid of the build-to-rent piece because that was an issue as well, yeah. where there were whole apartment blocks being built, as you said, as units, right, just for rental. And then, like, and I say I didn't like, so that stopped. Okay, uh, whatever's coming through the process is the process, but that that that's ended now. Okay. And but we've got to crack the nut about how we can build apartments that people can buy at an affordable price. I know, and that's the and that's, that's the question, isn't it? It is. It is, and. We're going to be able to do some through housing for all, I mentioned that the, the activation fund and then the viability fund. So, you know, we do have quite a significant amount of expressions of interest in there to partner with with the state to deliver uh, apartments in our cities that are affordable because I want people living in our cities
0: yeah Um, speak on that i'm just i'm gonna cut off you because i've only got three i know i've only got you for three more minutes so on that you want people living in the cities and where we've bought, we're we're in the middle of the city center and as a teacher what i'm seeing is those people who i don't like being called this the squeezed middle or whatever but that's what people seem to label us as but people like me let's say and let's say they're single so let's say how like how can a single person who works in the city say they're earning 40 grand 40 grand is a lot of money you know, mm-hmm. um, let's say they're they're doing that. How can they live on their own? You can't eat like, yeah. let's say, a newly qualified teacher on say you're coming out with two two thousand three hundred a month net after um all the all the other bits that come out. Thirty percent of that would be seven hundred euro. They can't find anywhere to live for seven hundred euro a month. And then yeah. what I'm seeing in schools is we're relying on students to plug the gap whenever we yeah. so we there's so many schools that can't fill permanent positions like. In the past, a parent position in teaching is like when the lotto, now it's like we can't even fill them because they're all gone, they're all leaving. I can't go over to the well, Middle East. Well,
1: and there, I've been in the Middle East myself and I met a lot of our teachers over there. A lot of teachers go over there for a couple of years. And you know, so what, what can single, what can single
0: people do? Like, what, like, what can well, we do? Well, what I'm saying to
1: you is this okay, first, in relation to the job market, thankfully, and the economy is going well. We've yeah. nearly 2.6 million people working, and that just doesn't happen. That, you know, that that's true to everyone's hard work in relation to single people the first home scheme will work very well for them okay because that'll help to bridge the gap too okay so that's the equity scheme that i've discussed earlier our affordable schemes through local authorities which are now happening because we're looking at selling homes from about one hundred and
0: sixty thousand and up between 160. but if they're earning too much to qualify for the social side of it and then let's say sorry and then let's say that they they can't, they can't find anywhere to buy because they're competing against investors so is there an argument can we is there a way that we can get investors institu- whether it's institutional or whatever that they can't they can't buy owner they have you have, all existing stock has to be sold to owner occupiers i don't you know see, if legally that's possible well,
1: that's going to, that's going to be a t- i've done it for new stock and we've I've explained that so that is done right for single people it is it's always been tougher to get a mortgage of the mortgage that you want because there's only one salary Okay. So that's why first home helps. Okay. And it helps in a big way because it'll give you an extra 30% in equity. So you get your help to buy, which I know you've been critical of, and I respect that, right? So you're a single earner. If you're on 40 grand, you get your three and a half times salary, you can get up to 30,000 in your help to buy. And you can get a third on top of that through equity, which isn't alone. That gives you a lot more options. Okay. Uh, And it does give a lot more options, but fundamentally until, and housing stock is going up this year, we need more supply. And it's not just all supplies by target, but we do because and the right type of properties in the right areas. And when I look into next year and
0: Ukraine and inflation aside. Unfortunately, we ran out of time there just as Tara was about to tell all single people how they're going to be able to afford to buy a home. But anyway, it was a really good chat with Dara. As I said in the podcast, I'm very appreciative of him for being so generous with his time for me. He has always been very generous with his time for me and he absolutely doesn't need to be. I'm just some fella off the internet that's always given out. But I guess my goal with this podcast was to try and, you know, get across the message being critical of government policy. And I think you can be critical of government policy without being obnoxious or rude or not understanding. Like, I totally get how tough a job it is for him at the moment as the Minister for Housing. I think it's a job that probably no one else would want. I certainly would not want to be doing it. I think it's fairly thankless at times. And my own personal opinion is that he's taken over from Owen Murphy, who I think was a disastrous Minister for Housing with the policies he has brought in and Dara has had to. Spend the last couple of years trying to undo those policies. But it has been two years and things have gotten worse. So I think it's important that I flag that with him and I think he gets it. I've always found Dara to be really sound to me, to be honest. And my personal opinion is, and as I said, I have no allegiances to any political party, but I feel like Fianna Fáil being in power with Fianna Gael, I think they have fairly different objectives and fairly different ideas on policy. And I do feel like maybe Fianna Fáil could be a little bit more progressive with their housing policies and they may have a bit more of a better impact if Pina Gael weren't there I know it's taken this long to get Pascal Donoghue to agree to a vacant home tax so I think that's just the standard issue with coalitions and when it's not one single party in charge they have to make concessions with the, the beliefs or the ideologies of the other uh, political party and then not forgetting the Green Party also but that's just my own personal opinion I don't know maybe that's wrong maybe I have a point that remains to be seen my prediction will be I wouldn't be shocked if we see Fianna Fall in which in vain after the next election but anyway a really interesting chat with Dara and just want to take this moment to say thank you to my wonderful patrons over on Patreon because their support makes it possible for me to keep page going keep Twitter going keep the Instagram going there is extra content over on the Patreon they get early release to these podcasts also as well as their own podcast their own specific Q&As and I have other podcasts over there with experts on all things house buying related and also my letter that we wrote to buy our house off market is up there that's always a popular one but anyway thanks to everybody for listening i hope you all have a great week on the